Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic, great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donnie Wurzlaw. Got it out to a oh. kick, kicks Lovett, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a play. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2006, the 2018 we're talking the Derby. It's Derby 53 coming up. The Eagles currently hold an 11-game winning streak. Will it continue this week? We'll find out on Sunday, but we'll we'll talk about it later on in the show as well. We've got heroes and villains, a little bit of news, and a little bit of a roundup to get through as well. I'm Honey Badger 35, and I am joined once again. Who have we got today? Miguel Stormchez. Miguel Sanchez. How are yeah, things this the, week, uh, mate? The storm was probably the big story out of um, out of Monday's game. So, um, yeah, a bit of an eventful one. Yeah. Probably, I suppose the result ended up better than we expected. I think if you'd given me a nine-point loss at the start of the well before the game, I would have taken it. So I suppose it's all right. An honourable loss. Yeah, but we're not really a club that do honourable losses. Migs, we're not really a fan base that takes them too well. And uh, no. that's been prevalent on the board this year, we've, uh, or this week, I should say. Well, this year as well. Not uh, not too many happy campers in West Coast Eagles land just yet, but hopefully we've got a couple of people still Plugging along and uh, joining us on the stream. Happy to jump in the comments, have a chat. Uh, Paul says, gross. I'm not entirely sure what's happened there, but uh, maybe he's talking about the game. Hopefully he's not talking about anything on the stream just yet. <laughs> G'day, Paul. Thanks for jumping on the show. Uh, the resolution yeah, on my camera is a little bit too good, I think, because that's probably what he's talking about. <laughs> Follow Paul's lead is what I was going to say. Uh, jump in the comments. Oh, honourable loss. That's what was gross. He doesn't like the honourable loss. Fair enough, Paul. Agree with that one. Look, tag your mates. Share the show. Jump in the comments, have your say. We're not going to be doing the full uh, teardown and rebuild like we did last year, uh, last week on the wake of the Collingwood game. But still, Migs, plenty of discussion to be had about the club, where we're at, where we're headed, what to make of that weird fight back after the lightning break and all sorts of stuff like that. So I reckon let's just get into it. Let's talk about the footy. All right, West Coast Eagles, nine goals, nine, 63. We're defeated by Melbourne, 10, 12, 72. Uh, I would say a tale of two halves, almost a tale of uh, three thirds for me with this one, Migs, because the first half, not pretty in the wet. It was a bit scrappy, a bit low scoring, and everyone's a bit negative at the moment, a bit fed up. But honestly, I thought the first quarter was okay. They fought. Melbourne kicked a couple of goals. The Eagles sort of kept it within touching distance. Second quarter, very good. Got the lead, lost it right on the siren, but the fight was there. Going into halftime, Migs, we were thinking, all right, not, you know, precious football, like, you know, particularly attractive football by any degree, but they're cracking in. It's wet. They're playing a good contested footy team. They're trying their best. That was the first third, if you will. Second third was the third quarter. Are you following me? And that was when Melbourne just went completely nuts, smashed us from all over the place. Uh, The score started to get worrying. The margin was getting up there. The body language was crap. It was all going terribly wrong. And then, uh, I don't know, the heavens opened. And suddenly a lightning break, something that I've certainly not seen at AFL level for a while. There was a preseason game a few years ago that it reminds me of. But uh, Simo or the players or whoever came up with it, they went into the break down 33 points, came out of the break and went bang, 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 bang. 
gave us a genuine chance to actually steal the match, which probably wouldn't have been fair, but was certainly fun. Uh, we come up just short, but uh, there's really a couple of little sections of this game that sort of merit discussion on their own, I suppose, with this one, Migs. Oh, I thought you'd, you'd pretty much covered off the game there. We were going to go to Heroes and Villains. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a game of um, four quarters, I thought, strangely. Um, first first quarter, we um, probably didn't have the best of it. I think Melbourne had the best of it. Second quarter, I thought we dominated um, everywhere but on the scoreboard. Uh, seemed to be all over Melbourne, but just, yeah, couldn't put the goals on the board. I don't know what the actual stats were, but just seemed like we had all the territory and all the inside 50s and, and couldn't find a way to goal. Uh, and, yeah, then the, the third quarter, they kicked that goal on halftime siren, and then mm. the, the third quarter uh, was the flip side. They were all over us. Uh, and, yeah, as you said, the body language started to go off and there were some um, stupid free kicks given away and, and stupid 50s. and Dumb air. Um, oh, yeah. the 50s kept creeping yeah. in. Yep. Bit of ill-discipline. And, uh, yeah, then that looked to be continuing in the fourth quarter. Uh, then, yeah, players got sent off for um, some reason. I'd, I thought the lightning, there was more lightning around in the first half. I didn't actually see any after the players went off. They went off, and then apparently once they went off, they had to stay off, and then eventually they came back out. And, yeah, it looked oh, – they were showing up on the big screen. They were showing uh, Melbourne players running drills and Eagles players sort of sitting around laughing, and it looked like, yeah, when they did come back out, it was going to be more of the same and just mm. you know, coming out, Melbourne coming out to finish it off. But, yeah, it went completely the other way. Um, yeah, suddenly started taking the game on, running through the corridor, um, winning everything, winning winning every ball that was up for grabs, and uh, – yeah, came within a couple of goals of um, of pinching a bit of a surprise win. So, yeah, very eventful game. Or a correctly um, adjudicated 50-metre penalty, but we'll wait and see what yeah, happens there. Right. Don't worry about that. We'll, let's get to, we'll wait for heroes and villains for that. I think we will. A particular think, mention. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, um, certainly a lot more to like than the week before. Um, definitely took it up to, um, to Melbourne, who are the latter leaders for a reason. But, um, yeah, just surprisingly weren't able to sort of convert our inside 50s into um, into goals, which has been a bit of a problem recently, and it wasn't how we started the year. Um, and, yeah, just not able to take advantage of, um, of that dominance in the second quarter, mm. I thought, and then sort of not able to stop Melbourne's dominance in the third. And we've seen that time and again this year where we just have an off quarter and the opposition gets a run on. We're probably lucky it was only five goals in the end. But, yeah, I it's thought that was where we lost the game. 2-5 for us in the second quarter, and then Melbourne 5-5. So not, you yeah. know, they did have more scoring shots than we had in the in the second, but you chuck a couple extra goals on the board, even when Langdon's copping some stick because he missed one from essentially the square. But it doesn't matter yes. specific instances. It's just you, you cut, get a few more goals on, you don't give away that one to pick it, and maybe it's a little bit different. Um, look, we can talk about the first half, and I, I think we will, but I also think in a way we have over the course of the year because we've seen moments of good fight, We've seen it go all the way through a game like that Port Adelaide game. Uh, we've seen quarters here, quarters there against good sides. Even in the games where we got absolutely pantsed, I'm thinking the first quarter against Geelong, everyone was sort of, yeah, all right, this is going okay. And then it all obviously fell apart in hysterical fashion. But we've seen moments of them taking up fight to the very top teams. Uh, we've also seen what we saw in the third quarter a lot, which is just not firing a shot, basically. Yep. After the lightning break, let's talk about that because that is the main takeaway obviously it's the most recent thing uh in people's memory it's what we're gonna sort of dwell on i suppose in a bit of a what if scenario because you said it the eagles were going direct the contested footy was up they were going through the corridor they were playing on 
I'm torn on this because for me, you go, all right, well, it looked to be more of the same at the start of the fourth quarter. You know, those first three or four minutes of the fourth before the break, the game was very much trending in one way. They've just come out of a quarter of a three-quarter time break. So they've had a chance to say, last roll of the dice, gents, let's go for it. Let's do all this stuff. So yeah. was it was the messaging different then than it was four minutes later? Was it was it a messaging issue? Was it just the players decided to do it, which I've seen suggests that I'm not a big fan of that <laughs> idea that the players make it up on the fly, but it, maybe that's plausible. Because to me, you've got a team where not much difference between the three-quarter time scenario and the lightning break scenario, but the teams that we saw come out of those respective breaks, so unbelievably different. So is this a glimpse into what the Eagles can expect as a game plan in your mind? Or was this just a, you know, sort of a fuck it, last roll of the dice, let's just go for it? If it was that, why wasn't it that five minutes before? You know, it, it doesn't quite, the, the numbers and the timing of it all don't quite add up that we saw such a drastic difference after the lightning break. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a, a combination of um, last roll of the dice, plus, as Paul says there, and we seem to be doing this um, entire podcast just for Paul's benefit and no one good. else commented yet. No, no, um, good. Jump in the rest of you, but yeah, hi, Paul. We'll no, no, you on board. More from Paul, I'd um, like to say. I want a running commentary yeah, of the pod from him. Um, but yeah, as he said, um, Melbourne a little bit sort of put the cue in the rack. They'd had probably a tough week of hanging around in quarantine and then um, yeah, the half hour break and a, a 30, what was it, 33 point lead when they went yeah. off, they probably just went into a bit of self preservation mode and, and we went into, uh, into, yeah, last roll of the dice mode. So, um, but then as you say, Migs, like they were the one that looked drilled to come out. People were commenting on the body language of the Eagles yeah. and Melbourne out there looking serious. I'm trying to pull up the ladder now because I don't, obviously, unfortunately have the very top of the ladder scenario going on in my head anymore because that's not who we are at the moment. But, I we're, mean, they're on they're top on points. Yeah. But I'm trying to think from a percentage perspective, you know, they've, the percentage not really a big factor, I suppose, because they've had that draw then. All right, yeah. well, there you go. That explains that. I was going to say, maybe they've got incentive to come out and just smash us. But they, they've certainly looked at the team, if, if you were a betting man, and based on what you'd seen and then based on the body language out of the break, if you said, well, one team's going to kick four or five goals in a row, I know where my money would have gone. Yeah. And um, people were leaving during that half-hour break thinking that's what had happened, that you know, Melbourne had just come out yeah. and, and finished us off eventually if the game did get recalled. Um, so, yeah, very surprising. Um, very pleasing that we could do that. Uh, good to see that we do have that other gear we can go to. I would like to see it more often and not just um, not just being used as a, as a last resort, but actually mm. you know, during games shifting it up and you know, trying to sense if... If it's time for a tempo shift and a and a, a game plan shift and start taking on the corridor and probably catching teams by surprise, certainly catch the supporters by surprise when they do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, we need to see more of it. And you know, we're obviously not going to throw the game plan out completely in the next two or three weeks or whatever we've got left. Mm. But uh, it's good to start implementing that um, the quicker game style into our uh, into our play and and have it. To, to be able to use when we need it. And well, there we were glimpses it. of it early as well. Like there's a passage that I can recall. I'm not sure who set it up. It might've been Tom Cole because he's had a, a habit of doing this lately. But, you know, it's that mark on the sort of back 50, like on the flank area. And instead of going one further kick to the wing, he came in board with a handball to Kelly. Now Kelly was in a lot of space. He's not always going to be in that much space. It's quite an easy decision in the moment, but it's not like they shy away from using the corridor when it's on. It's just a matter of, I suppose, being aggressive and biting it off when it's maybe a 60-40 kick or a 50-50 kick. They're seemingly only doing it when it's a 
80, 20 or 100, 0 sort of option. Um, but then, yeah, look towards the end of that game, no chance to do anything other than that. And they, they sort of went for it. So it's pleasing to see. Was it too little, too late in terms of maybe Melbourne to put the queue in the rack? Is it something that we're going to see going forward? Um, Julian joining us in the comments says it's frustrating knowing we're capable of that kind of footy, but can't yeah. produce regularly. And this sort of brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is more looking forward. It's not specifically the Melbourne game as such, but as always, the Melbourne game sort of encapsulated a bit of everything about the Eagles. We saw a bit of fight. We saw a really good period of dominance. We also saw a period where they just rolled over and let the opposition do whatever. So for me going forward, the thing that needs to change is making sure we don't have those game-killing periods because if we can stick around in a two- or three-goal game, our best 10 minutes of footy is enough to win a game. And that's, in fact, what was happening back in 2018 in some games. 2019, I know it didn't finish how we liked, but we still won a shitload of games. And what we were doing was hanging around, hanging around, and then going, bang, five goals in a row. So it's just bringing that floor up for me, Migs. That's the number one thing yeah. that needs to change. And stopping the momentum runs. And I was just yeah. trying to think, when the when did the 666 rule come in? Was that 2019? Yes. Um, yes, it was. Because it seems like that's something that's really hurt us is the inability to put a player behind the ball. Um, but there's still creative ways to do it. Because I remember there Collingwood is, that year beat us at Optus. No, well, we don't pull the, do yeah. uh, pull the trigger on it for some reason. But uh, Collingwood that year came to Optus and they still were obeying the 666, but they were setting up their winger on the deepest legal point that they could on the on the yeah. square of the, of the center square. And then essentially dropping them as a seventh dis a defender immediately. So there's ways you can get... If, if that is truly the issue, that we can't get a seventh body or someone running in off the back of a contest, something like that, there's ways around it, even obeying the 666. So... Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we, we are where we are at the moment because we don't know the answer. We don't know why they're not making these changes. Yeah, and you wonder how much of it is mental. And you know, as the as the momentum starts to shift away, mm. there's you know the, you can see the body language shift and the the, the shoulders drop a little bit, and you know you sort of know that the opposition's going to win the next hard ball, and then the next one, and the next one, and they don't, they don't seem able to to recover it um, nearly as quickly as they need to. Uh Look, on that, there's a bit of footage going around about the last ball-up of the game and saying that's a little bit indicative of where we're at as a midfield. Clayton Oliver, I don't like him. He's a prick, but he's a very good contested midfielder. Of course he is. And, you know, there's a bit of a 50-50 ball to be won between he and Sheed. You look at the clearances, Eagles have 40, Melbourne had 41. And the one that they had was obviously the final one. Just ran out enough of the clock to seal that game up when the Eagles had all the momentum. Instances like that, is it a midfield mix thing? Is it putting the right guy in the right spot? Because Nick Nat was rucking very well, so we, you know, we had a chance to put the ball where we wanted to. There's a 50-50 ball to be won, and the game's sort of on the line for us. Just can't quite do enough at the moment. Against admittedly a good midfield, where does that leave you feeling you know, as we go forward from maybe a personnel point of view? Yeah, I don't know, because Sheed was coming in off the, um, off the front of the square then. He didn't start hmm. in the middle. So, yeah. And, yeah, the ball sort of came his way. I think that footage does him no favours. I think someone identified, might have been you, was it? Or someone certainly identified uh, in the thread that it looks like the ball takes sort of a, a bit of a, a leg break, a little bit of a leg break away from you. It, it wasn't me, but I saw the, the yeah. post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does take a bit of a weird bounce, but, and you know. It, it sort, sort of, of it makes, it, makes him look like he's shirked the contest where, in actual yeah. fact, the ball's just gone the wrong way for him and Oliver running with the, the path of the ball and has beelined it. Um, mm. And came away with it. So, yeah, a little bit of that. Um, I thought our, our midfield uh, took it up to Melbourne's pretty well, uh, even though Nat Nui didn't get 
a huge amount of um, you know his real quality um, ruck knocks you know, to to advantage against Gorn mm. um, and even against Jackson. I, I thought our, our midfield stood up really well. Um, Yo in particular, uh, Kelly not as much with the first touch stuff, but he was he was quite good. Um, he seemed to be while you were talking last. Um, I just looked up his heat map because I thought he. I saw him in the corridor a lot of the time, trying to take on, um, take on the kick through the corridor rather than going around the wings. So yeah, we do look really good when he gets the ball in that position, just forward of centre in the in the centre square and um, going inside fifty. So and yeah, did see that a few times. Uh, and yeah, Melbourne seemed to let him do it. So yeah, he played well. Redden played well. Um, yeah, midfield I thought pr- played pretty well against um, a quality opposition in Melbourne and yeah, just couldn't get that final clearance. Uh, look, any final thoughts, any players that stood up, let themselves down, anything you sort of took away from the Melbourne game that the Eagles are in a bit of a mini finals campaign at the moment to just make the finals. Uh, yeah. I still want to make the finals. I presume you're still in that camp, Migs, as well. I know there's some people that like missing finals, send a message, this sort of stuff. But for me, look, there's two weeks left. If you win them both, you're in the finals. If you win one of them, you still could go. If you win neither of them, there's absolutely no chance, you'd have to say. So, you know, a bit of a bit of a little final series for the Eagles now coming into it. Is there anything that you want to take away from the Melbourne game and, and sort of apply in the next couple of weeks? Uh, on the question of finals, I would prefer making them to not, I suppose, but I'm not really that concerned if we miss them because it'll only end our season. Um, mm. With the pre-season buy apparently going out now, it'll only end our season a week earlier than it would have because I can't see us beating... No. Uh, either Brisbane or Sydney or, or any of the top six in a, in the way final. So uh, not hugely concerned if we miss them. Uh, and I think we will. I think some of the other sides have got much cushier runs than we do. Um, so even if we win the Derby, mm. um, we're then trying to beat Brisbane at the bloody Gabba, which we haven't done in God knows how long to make finals. So, um, could have been Collingwood, could have beat North. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think our positions are it's probably a, a um, probably flatters us a bit. We have, I don't think we're the seventh best team at the moment. No. Um, uh, and uh, your other question was who impressed me? Um, Jackson Nelson, I thought played really well. Uh, coming, okay. not sure if he was earmarked to play in the back line before Duggan went out, but um, thought he did a really good job on Cosy Pickett. Um, Cole, you mentioned, uh, had some really good involvements, particularly late. Um, yeah, just those sort of. The un- unsung heroes, to uh, to use the uh, the term that a different podcast is using. Um, nice. Yeah, those guys um, played quite well. They're, 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 they were a couple of standouts for me, as well as the midfield. I reckon it's time to move things along then, Migs, and a uh, couple of little news items, or not not so much news as, as much as rumours, that the chat of more finals in WA is really starting to heat up. Uh, we've done this chat so many times throughout the year. At Bloody ironic, of, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, the confidence has waned between us and, and the fan base, you know, and things like that, based on where we think the Eagles are going to go. If you had told me this 10 weeks ago, I would have been saying, oh, yeah, well, let's see what the Eagles are paying for the flag. Let's start having a little chat about maybe... There's nothing I'd love more than an unearned series of home finals like the big clubs have enjoyed for however long. Uh, it looks like it's the wrong year to be having finals in Perth. But nonetheless, it looks like there will be uh, a lot of AFL footy played in, in WA, played in Perth throughout September. Do you think that is going to happen? It's starting to heat up all the talk around that. Is that something you think we'll actually see? 
possibly. It depends a little bit on the situation in Victoria, if they can get that under control. It's, it's sort of drifted out probably a little bit more than, um, mm. than I expected. I, sort of, I thought they'd have that latest breakout a little bit more under control by now, uh, in my expert opinion. Um, so, yeah, look, we, uh, we might be uh, last man standing when it comes to finals. Um, but yeah, the the government doesn't uh, hasn't shown itself uh, fairly keen to, to bend over backwards for the AFL. So footy, no, 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 yeah. no. So and yeah, look, that's that's their prerogative, obviously. But um, I think if it happens, it'll be because there's basically no other option. Um, so that would be unfortunate for all the eastern states, and South Australia is being even more draconian than we are at the moment. Mm. Yeah, bit of a surprise, because um, yeah. Otherwise, I think the AFL would quite happily have it there rather than here. Uh, uh, and Brad- another Bradbury final series. I thought he said Bunbury final series. That'd be one out of the books. Yeah, get them down to Bunbury. Let's get around them. No, no, we've got. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, if the Eagles Bradbury flag, and I've said this before, if if someone wants to tell me that there's an asterisk on the on the grand final that the Eagles win no. from seventh or eighth this year, playing all their games in unearned home finals, I don't. I don't really care. I'll get a tattoo of the Asterix. I'll do whatever you want. Uh, look, another bit of news for the Eagles AFLW side, really looking towards the future. And, and we're a couple of years away from this, but the AFL today announced that uh, basically every club was going to have an AFLW alignment, adding all the, the final four teams into the AFLW competition. Uh, there's been a lot of chat about talent pool, the size of it, the depth of it. You know, is, is it going to be too thin if there's 18 clubs and all this sort of stuff? For the Eagles as an expansion side, for me, Migs, the more expansion sides, the better at the moment. Because if we can prop up the bottom up, uh, the bottom half of the ladder or area yeah. of the ladder, the Eagles will always have the first pick in the WA draft, even if we finish second behind Frio's first. You know, it doesn't matter if we come dead last or if we come second. The name of the game from a draft perspective is finish behind Frio. The name of the game from a success perspective is finish above as many teams as possible. So, you know, I say bring it on. 2023, we've got some new clubs joining and... Uh, Hopefully it does a bit for the league as well, having every club aligned. Yeah, I think it's um, it's not a bad thing for the Eagles in general because um, the, the way that the state-based drafting works, mm. um, it's not going to be taking too many players out of our talent pool. The only concern there is a couple of South Australians that we've got on our list that um, they might, now that Port's coming in, they might be enticed to go back home, so we'd lose a couple of players there, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, we're in the talent pool. We're still, um, we've still got the same level of uh, of talent that we're fighting for Frio with. So, yeah, it won't affect us as much as it'll affect Adelaide in particular. But you know, GWS um, trying to fight for Sydney with Sydney for this the um, the New South Wales pool and uh, talent and yeah, yeah, all the all the Vicks um, getting um, further diluted. Uh, yeah, just for the competition as a whole, um, I hope that it's not uh, growing faster than the, the talent base is growing. I, I know, you know um, participation rates in women's junior footy have exploded. So, yeah, just hope that it's um, uh, that it's not that the, the growth of the uh, the league isn't going to outstrip the growth of the um, the talent base below it, but. I'm in no position to make that call. So, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, just, just good to Bring see the uh, the women's game growing. Right, let's move things along then, Mix. Let's get into heroes and villains. 
there's Paul coming through in the chat saying that he's pointing out the uh, the old podcast dog snoring again. Put him to sleep, but uh, hopefully we'll. Uh, he was about two. He's about two feet away from the mic, and you could hear him. That's a worry. Bloody hell! Everything all right over there, Binks? Need to get oh, to the bed or anything? Yeah, no, he snores like a steam train. <laughs> well, well, we'll speed it up. We'll wake him up. We'll uh, we'll wake the audience up again. We'll get stuck into heroes and villains. Miguel, no keys this week. Uh, who traditionally leads this off? So the honour will go to you. Villainy are plenty this week. Uh, some from the club, some from the league. Let's have it. Who has pissed us off this week? A uh, few of the uh, the regular um, nominees. Eddie Maguire yep. for his terrible, flock. terrible take on um, the, the terrible, terrible text water um, apology video. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I've just seen another message about the dog snoring. Um, <laughs> yeah, Eddie, yeah, Eddie and to a lesser extent Ross Lyon making me side with Carolyn Wilson. Which yeah, there's been a bit of that lately. I don't know how yeah. I feel. Uh, so, yeah, Eddie definitely gets a nomination. Um, Matthew Bloody Nichols, the bald prick, um, yeah. for giving Yo the... Uh, was it Yo? The, he said you're, waste, you're wasting time when... Yeah, May had wasted about seven or eight, probably more on the most blatant yeah, I... 50 you'll ever see. And as he, I said, look, the Eagles the... didn't deserve to win that game, but they might have. Yeah, well, yeah, would have given us a chance if, um, yeah, yeah, Pedney had been if that fifty had been paid against him for stuffing the ball up his shorts and trying to hide it. Um, so yeah, Nichols definitely, and and he Absolutely. was pretty throughout the game, but he's one of those um, one of those umpires that you notice every time he makes a call, so he might suffer for that. But every time, he possibly, makes a call, it's I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that argument like it's, it's one that yeah. i sort of go to a lot is when you stick out that's when you get the attention but jesus i think he's really just that bad yeah we had a brisbane fan coming onto the eagles board after the game saying i think he's got it in for your club and most responses to it were pretty much just like no no he doesn't he's just that bad yeah uh and the other one i had was uh, another perennial candidate which is the match review officer for Oh, um, could have pinged him for a few things this week, but the one that pissed me off was um, Joel Selwood getting a fine for the exact same bloody thing that Liam Ryan got a week for. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, if Selwood hits a bloke in the head and the bloke goes off, shakes it off, comes back out, doesn't actually go down for a concussion test, mm-hmm. that's low impact. But if Liam Ryan does it, bloke goes off, shakes his head, shakes it off, comes back out, doesn't get a concussion test, that's medium impact. Yep. for reasons that escape me. Do you know what is absolutely baffling to me? And I don't know if it's actually written into the system the way it used to be in terms of good behaviour or whatever you want to call it. You know, call it. You've got a long period served without any indiscretions. But the entire footy community is aware of this. And I know Chris Scott's just standing up for his players and there's, there's guys in the media that stand up for it. But it's such a partisan industry. There's always going to be those guys. When does the good bloke argument run out? Like, how many times can you trot it out before it just stops being applicable? Because, yeah, if you get off every... If you, you know, transgress every week, but every week you get off because you're a good bloke and you haven't had any suspensions, so you don't get suspended for that. But then the next week you do something again, but you go, well, no, but he's never been suspended, so you don't get off for that. Yeah, because you leave him off last week again. It just... He's... He just keeps getting off these things and people keep going, well, he doesn't actually get suspended that often. Yeah, because yeah. we keep hearing about how he doesn't get suspended that often. I, I I just don't understand how it works. And I obviously, you know, 
Joel Selwood and there's the Geelong connection with the match review officer and all this sort of business. But like, fuck, it just for it to be the one guy every time, seemingly. And then you go the other way. Now, I thought it was a bit rough this week. I know other people have different opinions on this. There's so many instances where people will say, well, if Toby Green did that, he'd get a week. Your your record yeah. or your history or your perceived history is just doing so much heavy lifting, Miguel. I, don't, I just don't get it. Yeah, and bringing in the match review officer rather than the panel was supposed to you know, give us consistent results, and it's been anything but. So, mm. yeah, it needs... The system gets an overhaul every probably four or five years. I think it's well overdue for the next one. Uh, yeah, Andrew's villain of the week. There. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Julian here says some weeks it's about the action, others it's about the outcome. It's ridiculous. Hundred percent. Lock that one yeah. in. Uh, Andrew says that uh, one of the villains of the week is Connor West's bank because they did not give him uh, enough credits. So we'll be getting onto yeah. the changes for the Derby coming up just shortly. Look, you touched on Eddie Maguire. I don't want to labour the point. He's a prick. No self-awareness. Absolute idiot. Uh, Tex Walker, I don't think we're the guys to talk about this, mix, but just suffice to say, the action, yeah. terrible. The apology video, staged yes. and embarrassing. Yeah. Awful. Just an awful yes. week of footy for that. Uh, is our villain of the week... I mean, look, it's a little bit more serious and yeah. a little bit more of a legitimate issue. Is it something in that sphere or can we just give it to the ball prick? <laughs> I'm quite happy to give it to the ball prick. I think we actually have to. Let's. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think two white guys sitting here on a podcast are the guys to no. solve racism. So we'll give it to Nichols and we'll move no, along. We, we'll talk we about need case for that. No, he'd he'd have it. He's got all the answers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heroes of the week, Miguel. Another lean week for the West Coast Eagles. It seems to be going like that at the moment. But nonetheless, look, Connor West kicked his first goal. That's a heroic nomination from myself. Uh, obviously, again. Didn't work out too well for him in terms of selection, so we'll get back around to that one. But did anybody else stand up for you this week, Migs? Uh, yeah, oh, I struggled with heroes this week. Yo played well. Um, yeah, Dean Margetts for retiring. Um, <laughs> Dean Margetts for yeah. being Dean Margetts. How's he get his, his last ride into the sunset? It's not just that he's finishing up. He's finishing up with a derby. With a derby. Everyone hates this of a home crowd. All the Freo fans think he's got it in for him. He thinks the bloody, what is it, Dean Cox's best man or whatever it was. Yeah. And they've given him a derby. So hats off to whoever gave them that as well. Uh, Andrew in the yeah. comments here says that his hero is the bloke at the tribunal. Was this, what's the uh, what's the name of the AFL's yeah. QC Gleason. or whatever you want to? Gleason. Gleason. Michael Gleason? Is... Jeff Gleason. Who's Michael Gleason? Is he a comedian? We'll find out. Anyway, Gleason. Who is the bloke at the tribunal? This is what Andrew was saying. The bloke at the tribunal who told Brayshaw that good blokes can still have moments of weakness. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you saw this one. Migs, you would have definitely seen yeah. this, I'm sure. Yeah. Just I'm sure Brayshaw would laughed if, he's, uh, if his teeth wouldn't have fallen out if he laughed. Um, Mr. Brayshaw will know as well as anyone that fair players yeah. can have a bad moment. And he had to backtrack and say that he wasn't talking about the Andrew Gaff incident. And maybe he wasn't, but like he was. Come on, we know he that was. he was. Absolutely it's he very was. funny that he was. Uh, lean week for heroes. We haven't had too many come through in the comments, and I don't blame anybody either because, like no. you say, you know, this guy played well, that guy played okay, but Jesus, not Is much the more hero beyond that. For sending that, um, sending the lightning storm to uh, to give us a chance. Yep, big shout out to Thor if you're watching as well. Yeah. Robbie Young for the hero. Uh, Robbie Young, of course, the player yeah. involved in the Tex Walker situation, I believe. So, yep. It's a good shout. Another another real world one that we might well, stay away from there. On that, um, just on on the same topic there from that Paul said, uh, yep. Tony Armstrong is uh, is kicking goals everywhere with his yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, 100%. But also, I mean, it's just been a big week for him in general. He got a pretty prominent spot last week in the... Uh, what was the show? Was it like an AFL Tonight or something he was hosting? What did he... He sort of had a pretty big week. Uh, one for the right reasons, and I suppose one for the wrong reasons. But he's sort of, uh, yeah, becoming quite prominent in the footy media, which is a very welcome change. Uh, no, nothing else coming through, so we'll leave no. it there, I reckon. Who's your hero of the week, Miguel? I'm tempted to oh, give no. it to Dean Margetts just to rile up the purples. <laughs> Dean Margetts, yeah, famous Eagles fan, Dean Margetts, who seems to screw us over just as hard as anyone, but apparently mm. he loves us. Yeah. We got an umpire for Villain of the Week, and now we've got an umpire for Hero of the Week. Dean Margetts, right. just do balanced, us proud, mate. Balanced podcast. You got, one, uh, you got one more chance to make things right. So just, just do us proud this week, Dean. Just do us proud. All right, well, let's talk about the Derby then. Derby 53, Miguel. The West Coast Eagles come in with an 11-game Derby winning streak. It's about the only winning streak we've got going at the moment. But nonetheless, semi, well, more or less an elimination final, basically, and the club have said as much today. Freo looking very unlikely for a finals berth. West Coast, you'd have to say the same, but definitely if they can't win this game, they're done. Need to win the game to stay in the hunt. A few changes, a few nice guys coming in as well. Liam Ryan... Uh, Jack Waterman, we've got Shuey coming in, Foley coming in, and Barras as well. Now, of course, it's a Sunday game, so they're extended squads, but Ryan, Shuey, and Barras will lock them in. Hearn and West are out. Hearn out injured, uh, and Connor West, unfortunately, out. Didn't have enough credits in the bank, despite an all right game and, and bobbing up for his first goal. Migs, Didn't lay a tackle, them? apparently. Very Is that unlikely. right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I might have to check the tape on that one. The tackling stat is... Just so arbitrary with what they deem a tackle or not. Anyway, uh, look, five ins, two outs. Obviously, we know that doesn't work. Obviously, the Sunday game, there's always uh, propensity, I suppose, for a late change. What do you think the final selections in terms of the ins and outs will look like? Yeah, well, a couple of um, potential late changes there. Uh, Kennedy, obviously, Mm. still under a cloud with his uh, his knock to the knee that he suffered. Uh, And um, if he doesn't... uh, he doesn't come out, then um, Alan, I say every week, Alan needs a rest. Alan needs a rest. They're going to continue to play him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Or a permanent spot in the forward line instead of throwing him well, in a ruck and a bit down back and a bit forward and this, that and the other. He yeah, needs a rest, I mean, but he's, he looked good when he was playing forward. Yeah. I think he uh, he went back because basically we lost her and then swapped him with Langdon and someone needed to go back and there wasn't really another option. Mm. Um yeah, I don't think that would have been preferred. But, yeah, um, definitely looked better when he went forward after that. It's probably the best he's looked for six or eight weeks uh, yeah. in that last quarter. Um, so, yeah, changes. Um, good question. Uh, Ryan, I think, comes in for, say, West, who's been playing forward. Um, Shuey in for, I'd say, Hutchings. I don't really see a matchup for him. Yeah. Um, Barris probably comes in for Harry Edwards unless we want to go very, very tall. I don't think we need to against um, Fremantle. Um, Foley then comes in for Hearn as the only other defender left. So nice to um, see Foley get a run. Very surprised that um, that Rotham didn't make the squad. Mm. Uh, and that's probably it. So Vardy holds his spot um, hey. and we go super tall in the in the forward line. Um I suppose the alternative is Waterman comes in for Vardy, but then you have uh, um, you have Alan Rucking, which isn't ideal. So it's so boring. Yeah. Brung. 
Brung. Brung? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Look, let's start with that ruck battle, as we always seem to. Nick Nat versus Sean Darcy. They could both be in the All-Australian squad. Uh, Nick has had a better year. Of course, I would say that, but he has. That's just yeah. a fact. But Sean Darcy is a yeah. very, very good ruckman on the up. Top five in the league in a lot of ruckman metrics. And, and certainly, yeah, as I say, I think he's worth a spot in the All-Australian squad if they're going to extend it out that far from the ruck battle. Uh, Lloyd Meek, though getting a little bit of a run over the last couple of weeks. So Freo going in with the true two-ruck setup. I've got Lob as well, but he's not really anything. Uh, Vardy's not much of anything these days either, though, Miguel. So the real ruck battle will yeah. be between the two headliners. Uh, it's it's quite funny in terms of the athleticism of one and the sheer size and old-school ruck prowess of the other. But I honestly think it's going to be the most pivotal matchup given Freo's midfield doesn't have the talent that it could start the season with. You know, they're injured or suspended, yeah. whatever it might be. The Eagles midfield on paper, this is our best version of it. Well, it remains to be seen if in reality that's the case. But look, it all starts with the big guys. So what do you think uh, of, of that battle there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It'll, um, it'll start there. Uh, yeah, we need Nick to get on top in the ruck. But um, also can't let Darcy drift forward and kick goals because he's been doing that a lot lately. Yeah. Um, uh, do like Andrew's suggestion, and that was my... Um, that was oh, this is why he said in the week was um, this is why know, he brung, said brung. He, he meant to say brung brass in for Vardy and make McGovern rucky. Yeah, I would like to do that, um, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, no, against uh, against Darcy and Meek, uh, you never know. I suppose if uh, if Vardy does drop out, then uh, they probably would go with a bit of a combination of, of Allen and McGovern in that backup role, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Vardy will play. Um, hopefully, he can get a bit more than two touches. But uh, yeah, I think. Uh, don't hold your I breath. Vardy will play. Uh, yeah, Nick Nat needs to win in the ruck. Uh, needs to win the ruck battle, and also needs to um, make sure he doesn't let Darcy uh, drift forward. He's been better at that. Nick Nat. He's been better at following his man since. Uh, was it Goldstein that embarrassed him? Yeah. So, well, what? Well, I I take issue with well, the phrase yeah, out yeah. there, Migs, but. From the sorry, I very casual media observer point of view, they went, well, Goldstein took a mark, so that means Nick Nat did the wrong thing. But uh, look, yeah. I will say, since then, he's not only gone back, but as we saw even against Melbourne, he, he's going forward. You know, He kicked a goal against the Saints last time at home as well. He's, he's yeah. going forward and, and offering a bit between the arcs as well now, which is not, or I suppose in the arcs, which is not really something we've seen too much of. So yeah, big battle there. Uh, I mean, look, we're all flat. Everyone's flat on West Coast. Can I read out some stats here for Fremantle? The, uh, the Fremantle Football Club, the only club in the AFL that tackled less than the Eagles, if you can believe that, they are last in tackling, they are last in kicks, they are 17th in disposals, they score the fifth fewest points in a game, they mark the ball less than all but three clubs in the competition, they don't go inside 50 a lot. I mean, it's a club that doesn't get the footy a lot, and you know when no. they do, they're not being super effective with it. They're injured slash suspended. They're sort of limping to the end of the season where maybe four or five weeks ago they were starting to dream about finals, putting together a nice little run. The wheels have somewhat fallen off and they're sort of just hitting a little bit of a point where they found their ceiling for the year and they're going to sort of reset and go again next year. We've won 11 in a row, Migs. This looks like a prime time to, to win 12 in a row, but it hasn't always worked out that like uh, like that for the Eagles this year. Yeah, look, everything you said is correct. They're um, they're limping to the finish line a bit. Obviously, lost Fife, lost Walters. Mm. Um, they've now lost Brayshaw for them. a week. Yeah. That's helped them, by the way. Walters is so far off who people yeah, think Michael true. Walters is. 
Um, but they will, you know, they always come out firing for a derby. They'll they'll want to um, break that eleven game winning streak that we've got against them. So, um, eye gouging spuds. I haven't actually seen any of that racial footage. Apparently, he's been screwed over, hasn't he? Oh. Uh, no, I thought it was pretty clear. I'm not. I'm trying to not be biased on it. I, I thought it was yeah. relatively clear. I once I saw the footage, I thought, okay, well, Brayshaw's not going to play this week. And oh, then okay. there was talk of, well, they're going to uh, appeal it because Green's obviously appealed with his as well. So they're saying, yeah. oh, they're going to do like a big double appeal sort of thing. I thought, well, what the fuck for? And obviously they didn't bother with it. So I don't know that it's the in a week of very bizarre match review panel decisions. I don't know that it was particularly noteworthy. I'll actually go on record, it's off topic, but I'll go on record and say I agreed with uh, Toby Green getting leaks. Um, oh, there you go. I don't Yeah, I don't think you can go for the fend-off with the elbow and if you get the bloke high, get away with it. If you go Maybe. for the fend-off, yeah. Well, anyway, again, match review stuff, it's consistency. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, back to the derby, then we'll fire yeah, away. Yeah, what was I saying? The, uh, the, yeah, look, the Dockers, will, um, they'll be keen to get one over us. They'll probably see that... Um, uh, as much as we're saying they're gettable, they'll be saying we're gettable. Our form oh, since the buy has been pretty poor. We've turned yeah. up for a few games. Um, I'd count last week as a game we or this week, this Monday as yeah, a game we've Monday. turned up for, even though we lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, they'll be even with the outs they've got, they'll be thinking we're gettable. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a cripple fight. <laughs> well, we'll quickly touch on those outs. Uh, I've made a, a host of changes from a Freo perspective. The, the outs of Brayshaw and Wilson, which are two big outs, and then you look, obviously, extended bench. You look at the guys they've named. Buley, Watson, Banfield, Switkowski, Akers, and Hughes. It's a very Fremantle-Dockers lineup there of the guys <laughs> that are coming in. That's not really a, gonna a, wear, an all-star. Yeah, they're going to wear the old um, the 90s um, strip because that's yeah sort of a bit of a 90s it's, random blokes from Claremont lineup. It's a bit of a Ross Lyon lineup as well, just a couple of yeah. battlers in there. But, I mean, I'm going to get my jokes off while I can because we never know what's going to happen in terms of uh, they might snap it and, and, you know, we've got nothing. We're not even the best club in the state anymore after that. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But, look, it's not a lineup for them outside of, you know, Taverner knows his way around the goals. And as much as we like to make fun of him, he's good for a really classic howler every now and then. He's a great mark of the footy. He gave Harry Edwards real trouble last time. They've got Tracy in since then as well. So they've got the marking targets if they can get it out of the middle. Going forward with Liam Ryan back in, Josh Kennedy a potential out. Let's, I think, operate on the basis that he will miss. That's sort of where I'm leaning, but maybe I'm wrong. That's just a gut feel thing. Look, Liam Ryan's coming back in. We've talked about it a lot over the year. Having seen where we went last week, once we started going quickly and all this sort of stuff, put him in the square. Put him in the square. Get Darling working up the wing. The amount of times that we have a mark taken on the wing and nobody's further afield for, for Darling or Allen or whoever it is to kick to, just leave Liam Ryan deep. Let him create that mismatch. Let him go to work because what a fantastic return it would be. And what a confidence builder, even maybe not even going into finals, but just going into the end of the year that, all right, Liam Ryan in the square might actually be something. And then we can start having a chat about how the forward line dynamic looks going forward. Yeah, we tried that um, the smaller player coming out of the square a bit against Melbourne with uh, with Petrocelli doing it. So mm. yeah, it is something that uh, we're looking at. Ryan obviously did it against Carlton earlier in the year, and that was, I think, far and away his best game for the year. So yep. um, yeah. And the run-on that we got against the Tigers? Oh, no, 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 excuse me. It was North Melbourne. We didn't go on and win that game. But we were down at three-quarter time, stuck him in the square, bang, bang, bang. 
it's not a silver bullet. It's not as simple as that. No. I know that's a very casual way of looking at yeah. it, but it just seems to work so much more often than it doesn't. So it's the new throw hunter forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, look, uh, with I don't know if you mentioned with him coming back from injury as well, it's probably a um, good idea to keep the workload on him down by True. Playing, him, playing him deep. So, um, yeah, certainly uh, would like to see that happen. And, um, yeah, especially if Kennedy doesn't play, we can have Darling and Allen sort of roaming up the ground a bit uh, and, yeah, and getting into Ryan and he can take mark of the year. There's about five yeah, contenders for mark of the year, but you know, Ryan's got a couple of weeks to... Uh, There's to still time. Up. Yeah, so rookie pick here saying Supercoach has had it right all along. Of course, Ryan playing out of the square won the won the Bernie Naylor medal with, what, 70-odd goals or something coming yeah. out of the goal square? It's I, Like I, I say, it's... He wasn't fit enough to actually run outside 50 um, when he was playing. No, season, that so. was probably for a different reason. Yeah. But, hey, if it works, he's, it he's works. A different Liam, yeah, he's a different Liam Ryan now. But, yeah, um, the injury worries he's had this year and, and coming off... He had two weeks out. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, would like to see him play a lot deeper this week. And I suppose from the ins, the other last thing we'll touch on is Luke Shuey because we're a better club with him playing. At the moment, it seems like he can't play without breaking down a week or two weeks in. You know, we've seen how however many times he's returned this year, only to then go on and miss substantial time again. We've talked about it in the past with the, with the numbers that we've gotten. Migs, you've brought up the numbers in terms of with Kelly. Yo and yeah. Shuey or with just two of that combo and all this sort of stuff. Is it time to fully embrace Luke Shuey, the, the flanker, for example? Throw him on the ball every now and then, but is Luke Shuey a, a, almost a winger or a flanker or something like that? And just, just protect him a little bit. I think so. We've picked... Um, we're, we're all assuming Luke Edwards makes the cut, I suppose, but we've picked a lot of, um, of mids, so... Mm. Yeah, we do have... We've got our full complement there. We do have the ability to yeah, rotate him Especially if he's coming in to replace Connor West or someone, or Hutchings, mm. we've got the ability to rotate him in off the off the flank and you know, do a few shifts in the midfield. But yeah, like Ryan, just sort of you know, take a bit less of a of a workload on his body and, and try and get him through the rest of the season. Because I think it would be, and it's only, I mean, it's as many as three if you're being optimistic, because we're not winning a final. But it's you know two to three weeks, maybe four if you're going to be absolutely ludicrous about it. It's not that long to go to get him through without injury, but having a healthy Luke Shuey, it's always going to be in the back of our minds now from here on in if he continues to play and all of this. You know, how long's he got? When's he going to break down? All that sort of stuff. But just to string together a few weeks of footy without getting hurt, I think would be another confidence builder as we're looking towards what do we have in 2022, you know? Liam Ryan out of the goal square, that's a new wrinkle in the game plan. Shuey the flanker, which might allow a West or whoever it might be, you know? Is it Edwards? Is it... Is it an O'Neill, perhaps, if he can break through? Allow these guys more time on the ball and less time in that awkward shoehorn role. If we know that Shuey is a mid-sized forward from now on who can throw him in the guts every now and then, you know, it's, it's time to start working on these things because we're not looking too far down the road, Migs, in terms of home finals and deep finals runs and all this sort of stuff. We're sort of we're playing for pride at the moment and we're playing for next yeah. season to a degree. So let's tick off some wins, but also let's start throwing the magnets around, I suppose. Uh, yep. With that said, Mix, we do have a chance for a win. It would be a big win because it might help us make finals. But more importantly, at the very least, if we could get out of this year with 12 consecutive derby wins and uh, you're getting to the point where you've got, I mean, what, what are we talking there? That's six coming up on seven years now with that shortened season last year. I would really, really like to extend it out to seven years of derby success. So do you think the Eagles can do it? 
Can we? Yes. Uh, am I going to tip us? Yes. I'll tip Ooh, us nice by, uh, by 24 since Keys is in here. <laughs> uh, and my um, Glendinning Allen medalist, uh, I'm going to say Andrew Gaff because I think it'll be hilarious. It would be very Particularly funny. for a, a Frio home game. It would be really funny. Yeah. It's so it's long since we've been to derbies, by the way, because we didn't get one last yeah. year. It was a Freo one. And then this year's was, you know, no crowds and all. I feel like every time I'm picking a derby result, I always want to see Gaffy do well because it's inevitably in front of a Freo home crowd. So yeah. I'd really like a home derby sometime soon. AFL slash Mike McGowan. If you guys could make that happen next year, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I, unfortunately, am mates with a few Freo fans, I suppose. Uh, and it's very funny watching football with them. They have a very sort of battered relationship by the club. They've been broken by them again and again. They really don't like them, but they're stuck with them, and it's quite funny to watch. Uh, Now, with that said, even when the Eagles were losing to North Melbourne, when they were losing to Collingwood, all this sort of stuff, they are adamant that the Eagles are going to spank them this week. Just absolutely smash them. I've been hearing, you know, 50, 60. I'm talking for a month they've been talking like this. This was before the Fife out before, you know, Walters for whatever he's worth, Brayshaw suspension, all of this. The Frio fans in my life are adamant that we're going to thump them. And for that reason, I am going to go, you know what? I'll side with them on this one. Let's pretend just for a moment that normalcy can sort of resume and the Eagles can do the business. I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win by 48 points. Why not? Let's get wild. Liam Ryan out of the goal square is going to kick an absolute heap. He's going to get a medal. And... uh Things are going to look up in the West for just a moment. Reality might set in next week, but Migs, for now, let's at least enjoy what hopefully will be a good derby number 53. Yep. Well, I hope you're um, closer to being right than I am, but I hope we're both right. It's going to serve me right as well, trusting Frio people to know anything about football. But anyway, it's what it is. Well, Migs, that will do uh, do it for the week from us. Weird week because we had the Monday game. It was one of the weirdest games in uh, recent memory as well from a West Coast perspective. Things aren't looking great on the board. There's a lot of uh, of infighting, a lot of sack them all and sack this guy, sack that guy, make them walk home, all the good stuff you read. But nonetheless, Migs, hopefully uh, for yourself and, and for the people who've joined us today on the comments as well, a little bit of levity, hopefully, for Eagles fans. Yep, and uh, yeah, bring on Sunday. Absolutely. Let's do it. It's Derby 53. It's Sunday afternoon. And uh, if the Eagles can make it 12 straight, that'd really, really brighten my, brighten my heart. Really uh, make things nice and right in the world again. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week, Thursday at 30, same time, hopefully coming on the heels of a very big win. A uh, few of these shows left. We'll keep doing them right up until the Eagles are knocked out. So stick with us. We'll see you next week. And until then, all the best in round 22 for the West Coast Eagles. Bye for now. Bye.